Welcome to the Zeitgeist 19 curated podcast, exploring the spirit of now through the lens of art and sustainability. Your hosts are Farah Piria and Elizabeth Zhovkova. Today we meet the founder of the other art fair, Ren Stanier. We talk to him about the inception of his unique platform and his vision on the future of virtual and in-person art fairs in post-pandemic times. He advocates for breaking the walls of the art market and for community engagement, meanwhile giving visibility to independent and emerging artists, a central part of the concept of his New Age art fair. Thank you so much for uh, doing this conversation with us. Uh, let's talk about the foundation of the other art fair, uh, an art fair that isn't based on a usual gallery-dominated model. We would really love to know how did it all start for you, what was the spirit behind it, and what were the biggest shifts that happened throughout its lifespan? Well, um, so I started the other art fair back in 2011, uh, which remarkably is 10 years this year. Um, and it really came from an idea that I had. I had lots of artist friends around that sort of period, all of which were looking to get their work into galleries, uh, looking to sell their work, really just to sort of get themselves out there. And what I sort of noticed was that the way that they were doing that, if they weren't already signed by a gallery, was to be putting on these like little shows, sort of on the you know, sort of slightly outside of London, anywhere they could sort of negotiate or get a free space. Often I observed that I would go along and it'd be really busy on the opening night, all their friends and family would turn up for a free drink and it'd be a really nice sort of environment and everyone says how great the work is. And often it was really great shows. Um, but then I would speak to them afterwards and I'd be like, you know, so what did you get from this? Because their intention is always like, if I put on this show, then hopefully lots of galleries will come along. Hopefully I'll sell lots of work and then I can continue with my practice. And really that wasn't happening. You know, galleries aren't really that proactive in terms of going out and actually, you know, visiting these shows. So I sort of had this idea. And at the time there were no other sort of artist art fairs. Um, I'd done a little bit of work uh, I was actually working on Art Hong Kong at the time. So I sort of had an idea of how art fairs worked. And really very simply, I had this idea of doing a fair where I thought if I could put all, you know, if I could get 150 artists, all pre-selected, so we put together a selection committee, we find in theory the best 150 art upcoming artists in a city. And then they all put on like a mini show within a venue. Um, and essentially that's what they did. Um, so I started off on the South Bank in London um, back in, yeah, like I say, back in 2011. And since then, I mean, the whole thing just like really exploded. Um, so I'm now running 14 art fairs a year, um, which includes two in Sydney, one in Melbourne, three in London, two in New York, two in Dallas, Toronto, two, two in LA. I feel like I'm missing some. There's 14 in total. If that adds up to 14, then that's what it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, and essentially what it means now is that people can come along. So art buyers of all, all sort of shapes and sizes, let's call it, um, are invited along to come along and meet artists directly um, and buy directly from the artist. 
uh, which people love because they get that, in, it, you know, the intimate experience about learning about the work. Um, and galleries are also, we've had lots of galleries that come along, lots of curators, they come and they meet artists and they find artists and they sign them up. Um, and, you know, it works for the whole sort of thing. Um, obviously we face huge challenges over the last year, having not run a fair, going from like running 14 fairs a year to zero. Um, but I'm sure we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but ultimately, yeah, so that's kind of what, how the other art fair is slightly different. I guess there's another aspect to it as well, which is that I wanted to break down the sort of barriers around buying art, which was, I think often it's quite intimidating going into a gallery, especially if you don't know, you know, if you don't know about art, if you're not a confident buyer, let's call it, going into a gallery space is quite intimidating. Um, so the way that I sort of approach that as well is really to sort of create this, let's call it a fun atmosphere. Um, and so people come to the other art fair and we have like DJs playing, you know, very much like the drinks are flowing. People are really enjoying themselves. And I've always thought, I've always had this sort of idea that if people are really relaxed, then they're going to be more comfortable in sort of making decisions around buying art and having that conversation and being just a bit more open. Um, so again, I think that's what sort of contributes to probably its success and why it's kind of popular. Um, another interesting statistic which we've got is that we did a survey once and we realized that 52% of our audience had never bought an artwork before, before buying from the other art fair. So it really sort of shows that we, you know, we sort of like create this, we, we're saying that we create this new generation of art buyers. Um, because I guess it's got that sort of openness to it. Your progressive idea developed on a global scale and we appreciate it very much since breaking barriers has always been at the core of Zeitgeist 19 too. Um, the art market has always been slow to adopt digitalization, but today it is rapidly making its move towards the web. Um, do you think digitalization is a challenge uh, or an opportunity for the market? For sure, it's a challenge for anyone. Um, it's probably a greater challenge for a very traditional market place, um, which is the art market. So that's certainly a challenge in itself, but it's also a massive opportunity. I mean, you see it across any industry now. I mean, everybody's having to have some level of digital presence in order to grow and progress and really just to keep in touch with what's happening of the times. Um, you see this on very different levels. And I guess... I could probably talk about it from my perspective of how the, we, the way that we're approaching it. Um, so, for example, I work with approximately one and a half thousand artists a year across all of our fairs. Um, and I had this idea of how do we go from, so if we've got 14 fairs and we've got these one and a half thousand artists, I realized I'm collecting all this data from people attending the fairs. Now, I could only support an artist for the four days of the fair. So, you know, helping them sort of interact with their buyers. But I was thinking, how do we sort of connect those buyers to the artists throughout the rest of the year? And this is where I guess digital comes into play. It means that, so what we did was we partnered with Saatchi Art. And the way that we did that is that all of our 1500 artists that show within the four days, they, uh, they all have a profile on Saatchi Art. And then we can use that data to sort of um, to market these artists throughout the year and actually try and sell art. We do that through the Saatchi Art website. We have our own section and it's called the online studios. Now that's kind of one step 
towards digitalization, let's say. Um, I mean, there's so much more happening right now. Um, and our next step towards it is looking at, and I guess with what's happened over the last year, um, you have, you know, we run live events, we run live art fairs, but knowing that coronavirus, another may, pandemic may happen, we have to sort of safeguard a little bit of what we're doing um, and also look at areas of growth. Now, what we're doing, the way that we're approaching that is by having uh, virtual reality art fairs that run alongside our IRL fairs. So all of the, so from now, actually our first fair, which gave this example was back in March, this year um, in Sydney, because Sydney have now opened up. So we run the IRL fair for the four days. Then immediately afterwards, all of those artists took part in a virtual reality experience of the same fair. And what's really interesting about that is that it no longer means that you have to be based in Sydney to go to the IRL fair, just to buy an artwork and meet these artists. It means you can be located anywhere in the world you can log on to the to the virtual reality fair and then you have that same experience of walking around doing the same you know you might walk into the same project space you can find and meet those artists and chat to them and then ultimately hopefully buy an artwork from them um so you know that's that's walking stepping into this world of virtual reality um which is obviously sort of going on from sort of a flat website selling off of a website um, and we're constantly looking for sort of new opportunities around sort of digitalization. Uh, yeah, thank you, Ryan. Uh, speaking of technology, but this time as a medium, do you think digital art is the new contemporary art? And uh, what is the seal of approval for new media art exhibited at contemporary art institutions and fairs? Well, that's a really good question to ask right now, considering what's just happened with NFTs over the last sort of two or three weeks, um, probably two or three weeks ago, none of us had a, an idea what an NFT is. And now it feels like the whole, I mean, they've been around for a, you know, a few years, but I think we're all sort of scrambling around now trying to figure out what the hell it's all about, um, what they mean and what, you know, what the future of that is for us sort of working in the art world. Um, I mean, look, digital artwork's been around for a while. I think it's always been quite difficult to sell. I think any artist working in that medium has always found it a bit of a challenge. And certainly there's a new opportunity sort of connected to what's happening in NFTs now. Um, is it the future? I mean, it's definitely a growing part of the market um, to speculate on whether it's the future or if it's the, you know, you know, the next big medium. I mean, who knows? I mean, there's a lot of comparisons being made to like street art when people started buying street art. Um, but I mean, at this stage, I mean, it's kind of early to, to sort of figure out, um, you know, I, for one, I mean, I'm like trying to learn about it as quickly as possible, because I think for us, I mean, already I've got artists coming to me saying, look, how do I, how do I create digital art and how do I turn one of my artworks into an NFT? And at the moment, I don't have the platform which to do that. I can point them in the direction of, um, you know, some of the websites out there that are doing that. But I think, yeah, look, I see an opportunity in it and we're going to be exploring it for sure over the next couple of months. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's very much going to be part of the future from what I can see. Thank you, Ryan. Um, following your thoughts, uh, can you tell us how do you envision the future of the art fair? Do you think the comeback will happen? And um, if so, do you foresee significant changes? 
Well, this is what I've spent the last 18 months, let's say, worrying about. Because there's two trails of thought. There's, there's one, which is, are people going to want to go back to live events? Are they going to want to go back to big major art fairs where you've got 10,000 people in a room? But then I think the sort of, I mean, on varying levels of suffering that we've all gone through over the last year, the hope would be that when art fairs do come back or any major event, that people are going to come rushing back with higher levels of enthusiasm. Um, about three, I think it's three weeks ago, we actually launched our first event in Sydney, which hadn't happened for 18 months. And really, we had no idea what was going to happen. We didn't know what the levels of it, um, attendance were going to be. Incredibly, I mean, I'm, I'm so, because Sydney isn't our biggest fair. I mean, we have really big fairs in New York, in London and LA. They're sort of our three biggest markets. And they're quite established. You know, the fairs have been running now for sort of 10 years over these markets. The Sydney fair that came back, we were 85% up on visitor numbers. We were 110% up on our, our sort of ticket sales. Our art sales, incredibly, beat every other fair. We've run 44 art fairs in history. The last fair, the first fair back after 18 months, beat, smashed all those um, sort of records. So I think what it's done is given me a huge amount of enthusiasm and comfort, I guess, sort of in the sort of future affairs. Um, it's probably a bit of a reaction to everyone being sort of locked up for the last year. Um, but I mean, look, I'm confident events are going to come back. Everyone knows that as part of a of being a human being, you want to connect with people, you want to see them in real life as much as you can do virtual reality, as much as you can spend time doing Zoom calls and that sort of thing. You know, fundamentally, as human beings, we all miss the sort of like looking in somebody's eyes and touching their hand and, you know, that real connection. Um, so me as first and foremost, like a, a real life events person, let's call it, or an art fair person, you know, I have a lot of um, confidence that everything's going to come back. Maybe it, I think it might look a little bit different. And certainly initially, you know, we're still going to have to do social distancing. Unfortunately, people will probably still have to wear masks um, and we'll do whatever it takes to sort of make people feel comfortable in that environment. Um, but I mean, look, I mean, I've seen it. I mean, we were just talking a moment ago, you know, in London, we've just opened up a couple of weeks, well, last week actually, and immediately there's this vibrancy in the air. It's so beautiful. There's people are just out and they want to be around other people. Their faces are lit up and they're really enjoying themselves. And it's just a really good feeling. And I think that's what we're going to experience around art fairs as well. Ryan, you just mentioned uh, high records of the latest fair organized after the pandemic. And thank you so much for sharing this information with us. Uh, it kind of links to my next question. I read the other day that many young people, young collectors, now want to enhance their living spaces as they continue to work from home and start buying art. Do you agree that there has been a positive impact from the pandemic? Um, or do you think it has caused more damage to young artists? Well, it's a good question. Um, and I guess we've got quite a lot of insight into this. So on one side, of course, without running live events, for, so that including art fairs and exhibitions for an artist, 
they've been really struggling, you know, for artists that rely on that as their selling platform, um, obviously they've been heavily impacted over the last year. And that's really a real challenge. Those artists that have already sort of got social media profiles, they've got a strong following, got good databases, and they know how to sell online, probably did very well last year. So our online sales almost doubled overnight when the coronavirus hit and the lockdowns sort of started happening. And I think the reason being is that, you know, we're all stuck in our houses. We're sort of looking at the same four walls all day. Um, we've probably got a little, if, little bit of disposable income because you're not going to your restaurants and on holiday. And I think people have been quite inspired to sort of redecorate or look at buying some new artworks and refreshing up their places. So as a result of that, anyone art, any artist that's been like quite good online has probably done very well over that period of time. Uh, that's certainly what we experience. Um, will that continue? I think it probably will, just because you know we haven't really seen the explosion of like people buying art online as of yet. Um, nobody's really fully owning that part of the market, and I think this is sort of really giving it a real boost. And I think people have started to get, you know, their buying habits have changed. They get more confident in buying online, um, specifically around art by younger art buyers. And again, that's probably where I'm more sort of specialized in, let's call it. Um, again, you know, younger people are just generally more confident and comfortable buying online. Um, so, you know, over the last year, they're sort of doing that a lot more. Um, and I think that will continue. Thank you so much, Ryan. I'm really enjoying this conversation. And uh, my last question to you on a more personal note, I'm just thinking you did 14 fairs in one year before the pandemic. It just sounds crazy to me and to everybody probably right now in this new environment that we live in. Um, and and they were all over the world, basically. Did you have to travel and make it to all of them? What a complete shift it must have been for you after the pandemic, just to kind of remain static. Yeah, I oh, know it's a major shift. I mean, in 2019, I think, I can't remember, I think I went to the US 20 times in a year or something. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> there's so much traveling. Um, and look, I still want to be at every fair. Mm. I still want to sort of spend my time chatting to the artists, understanding what works for them, what doesn't work for them. I think that's, and look, the nature of the other art fair is that, and why, again, another aspect of why it sort of worked is the close community that we have with our artists. So every artist, I would hope, feels really connected to the fair, connected to the people that run it. We're not just like this faceless organisation, despite running 14 fairs, mm. we're not just a faceless organisation looking to sell booths that's got nothing to do with it you know we genuinely really you know we select artists because we like their work we you know we want them to be successful so we really try and work as closely as possible with all those artists um and look as part of that you know i want to be at the fairs and i want to be meeting them and show them that i'm you know still very much actively part of you know what what they're doing um and i think that's really important you know just that whole showing up um again it's so interesting because our behaviors have changed so much over the last year 
And even a year ago, I couldn't even think about doing a FaceTime or, you know, these sorts of video calls. I mean, the idea just wouldn't even work for me. I'm like, no, I like to meet people. I want to go and have a coffee with them, meet them for a glass of wine and let's chat. You know, that's very much what I want to do. And obviously now we're so comfortable in doing this. But I think when the fairs go back, I'm still going to want to travel. And I still want to go and meet all those artists. Um, and talk to them and take part in a panel discussion or whatever it may be. Um, I think it's really important. I think it's really important, actually. Ryan, you're doing a really great job. And since you work with so many young artists uh, worldwide, I would like to ask you, who are the emerging and independent artists on your watch list? <laughs> I always get asked that question, but then I feel like I'm favoritizing, favoritizing, what's the word, favoritism to certain artists. Um, Although, yeah, I mean, so some of the artists that I really love, um, actually, here's a good example. So before doing the other art fair, not many people know this, I actually started a little pop-up gallery in Covent Garden. And it was really, I just, I got this free space and it was right in the middle of Covent Garden, super small. I had no idea how to work with artists. I'd never shown art, I'd never spoken about it before. But I had this one friend called Dan Hillier who he's an artist friend loved his work and so I just put on a little show for him and suddenly like people were coming through the door and they're buying his work and they're like 200 pounds or something like this anyway fast forward forward 10 years he no longer does the other art fair although he did for eight years but he's sort of like grown beyond it now he's working with a number of galleries he did a sellout show at Saatchi Gallery um you know the work is now a hundred times more expensive than what it was then so maybe not a hundred times, but, you know, a lot more expensive, let's say. But I still feel like he's very much on like, he hasn't like gone really big yet. So I definitely recommend him. He's a really good artist, Dan Hillier. Um, and just because I've known him, I've been working with him for so long and just seen his sort of tra trajectory grow. Um, another artist, let me think. There's an artist in LA who I really like. Her name's Monica Perez. She does these sort of like monochrome abstract paintings, which are really beautiful. There's another artist called Sarah Dare, who I really love in the UK. Um, I really, she does these big paintings. Again, they're like sort of, they're, they're really quite simple, but I feel like there's so much to them. I don't know whether they always get the appreciation of buyers always, but I think they're amazing. So there'd be my three recommendations. We are ready to let you go, Ryan. Thank you so much for your time and for this joyful and very informative discussion. All the best to you. Oh, yeah, I really appreciate it. I really thank you so much for reaching out to me.